Okay, welcome, welcome everyone. Um, this is before March 21. Uh, bi-weekly we do a Bible study uh, where we go through the book of Romans. This week I think we're just taking a little break or a little segue because this topic came up um, earlier in the week. Actually, it's, it's come up a few times over the past few weeks and I think it's something that we really need to clear up or clarify um so that's why we decided to do this topic to sort of get everyone's view on it and see what the real problem is like is it actually a true statement like the the topic is here is christianity really meant to be cool and i feel like this 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 was born out of um the fact that you know there, there are some churches that are called cool churches and they are structured out in a way to attract people into the church under the guise that you know what church needs to look cool it needs to look receptive so that people can get in to know jesus christ and everything but when we flip that and give like a similar scenario to when people are trying to get married you know there are people who have gotten married under false pretense you know you you you, you meet this guy you meet this girl and they are acting the part they are looking the part and in the moment you get into the marriage it's something totally different, right? So I'm like, is there a similarity between these two concepts? Because if people come into church or come into the Christian lifestyle expecting this lovey-dovey God that will be sold, but when they come in, they meet something different. Does that take away from the experience? Does that feel like we've lied to them? Does it cause a divorce in their spirit because when this happens in human relationships it leads to many problems and i feel like that could be one of the explanations as to why a lot of people um are falling away from the faith or aren't really living the lifestyle the lifestyle of sacrifice that jesus christ has called us to because what they were sold in the beginning isn't what they are experiencing right now you know so uh, that is what we want to sort of dive into uh, so if you want to come up on the stage, I know we're just few right now, but it'll be nice to start the conversation just to, you know, hear your thoughts. Uh, Yanda and Irogene. Ooh, my wife is uh, Isoko as well, I'm sure. With the Ogene, I know that's an Isoko name. So uh, it'll be nice to um, have you guys come up on stage and let's let's discuss this and unpack it to see what the... Uh, is this really a true statement? Is Christianity really meant to be cool? Is there a way we can make it cool without losing the real message or the real, um, what's the word? The real relevance of what it actually means to be called a Christian. So, Oji, I don't know if you have something to add before more people join in. So, sharing my Um... I really like this topic because I remember years ago, this was a topic that I engaged in a lot. Um, as it was sort of like, I engaged in it a lot because of what people usually term the hyper grace message. And this was sort of like my, for lack of a better word, rebuttal to it. Like, a lot of people give their lives to Christ for a certain reason and then when 
they start experiencing the life of a Christian, they're like, this isn't what I've been sold. Um, and sometimes it may not necessarily be what they were sold, but what they understood. So it's a combination mm. of a lot of things. And an example that easily comes to mind is this story I heard, um, I heard of a few years ago. It was about this girl whose relationship with her boyfriend ended. And around that time, um, apparently, so apparently she, she gave her life to Christ, right? Why did she give her life to Christ? Because there was, she had another friend of hers who was experiencing the same thing, like going through the same um, relationship problems. That one gave her life to Christ. And in the midst of that, her relationship was reconciled with her boyfriend. So this auntie thought she would replicate the same thing. And went, so she saw God as the sort of God that you know what, you give your life to him and he's the genie in the bottle that you rub your lamp, you make a wish and it comes true. Um, so she gave her life to Christ in quotes, um, hoping that it would be the first step in reconcil reconciling her relationship with her boyfriend, but that didn't happen. And surprise, surprise, I don't know whether that she, to say she backslid or she fell off the Jesus wagon or whatever, but that, like, her relationship with God died a very untimely death. Um, and I feel like that is the experience of, of a lot of Christians. There is this, it's not even just about being cool, like, you become a Christian, there are no problems, everything is smooth sailing and... Everything is smooth sailing, but that's like really not what we were promised. So yeah, enough of my ranting. If anyone else wants to share, please just raise your hand and we'll invite you up to the stage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I share in that uh, sentiment as well. And I feel, if I'm going to be honest, I was a part of this bandwagon when I initially gave my life to Christ. Because... I wouldn't say that was what I was sold, but that was what I'd come to believe. And I feel like the reason why, and that's why I'm, I'm not too harsh on the churches who are, you know, sort of doing it because I think they are doing it, they don't really know the truth. Like, I don't know how to put it. Like, they're, just, they're doing it in ignorance, basically, because when you give your life to Christ, you are literally a baby in Christ. It's like you are a newborn, like you are a toddler, Right. And when I think of our kids, like we do everything for them. We have their bath, brush their teeth, everything. Like, so really as a, as a newborn Christian as well, God literally takes us through that same path where if you pray, the answers get, uh, the, the prayers to the, uh, to, I mean, the answers to the prayer come quickly. You know, thing, like it, it feels like a, an easy lifestyle, right? But that's because we are still newborns. Like God is still trying to train us and the training isn't harsh because we are newborns. But the problem becomes, or the, the problem comes when we try to package that experience as a baby as the end and like the end of the whole Christian lifestyle. Like this is what the Christian lifestyle is. We're not... Like we're not helping to demarcate that. Omar, this is how it is right now. But 
God is going to call us to a higher level, higher level of sacrifice and all these things. It's not always about getting, 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 but it's more about giving, giving, giving. Like, like it, I think it was a few months ago that the Holy Spirit just put it like Christianity is, is not really about addition. It's more about subtraction because to be made holy is literally to be refined. And to refine something is literally getting rid of the impurities in your life and in your heart. So God is going to take us through a journey of refinement. Um, and that is what the lifestyle is really about. But my question now is, um, if people actually knew what this Christian lifestyle was about, would they join? Like... Oh, hi, Nonya. Uh, thanks for joining in. If people really knew what this Christian lifestyle was about, like, would they actually be receptive to it? Like, is there a part that these um, churches that say that Christianity is cool, is there a part that they are playing in the overall scheme of things? And Nonya, because you just joined, we're, we're literally just answering the question, like, is Christianity really meant to be cool? Um when people come into because i feel like um when people come in right now they come in based on false expectations that god will answer your prayers god is this genie in the bottle where you know he wants to give you everything the desires of your heart he just wants to give you um is that really a fair picture um what are your thoughts on that so uh, if you want to share um i know you probably have something to say but if you want to share just raise your hand uh, we'll be happy to join, uh, to put you up on stage. But right now, I guess the question is, is there a part that they're playing? Because really, in a relationship, I know that people always say that attraction is important. I don't believe that. But something has to attract you to want to make you stay vested in that relationship. So for Christians or these churches or platforms that paint Christianity as this cool thing, is that what they're really trying to do? Where, you know what, just come in. When you come in and you realize what Jesus Christ has done for you, then you can begin to understand the life of sacrifice that he has called us to. Is that really what they are? Is that the approach? Or I don't know. Like, what, what, what are your thoughts? Babe, do you want to go? Um, for me, I feel like, as in, I think for me, I need to really understand the word cool. And the reason why I say that is because I know that the prob one problem a lot of people have with Christianity is that they see it as boring. So a lot of the things that I used to do or a lot of the things that I used to enjoy, I will no longer enjoy those things, right? So I remember, this was a few years ago, um, a friend of mine that's a pastor in the UK was sort of like starting a ministry in Nigeria at the time and he had sort of like asked for feedback um, or rather contributions on like what we think can sort of like be incorporated into the whole thing. And for me, um, I 
I'm very aware of this um, concept that a lot of people on the outside feel like Christianity is boring, so um, they're not interested because, yeah, it's boring and all of that. So for me, entertainment was a big part of it. Um, but I know, as in saying that, I know like there are a lot of churches or a lot of whatever that is like their church is hinged on entertainment. You go there and then it's sort of like a whole production and stuff like that. But that's not really what I'm talking about. As in, I'm talking about um, where, okay, maybe you, you like a certain type of music, right? Um, but the words in the like maybe you like R&B sounding music or you like rap, for example, surely there can be wholesome Christian alternatives to that. Not necessarily as a means of bringing people into the church, but Christian, like quality Christian entertainment that you can um, enjoy as well. So I guess my question is, where does that fit into the grand scheme of things into the whole yeah into the grand scheme of things like because on the one hand i'm like yeah definitely christianity we're called to a life of um separation um but surely not a life of boredom Mm. if that makes any sense so and then another question is like okay fine life of board like is it a case of we're supposed to be renewing our minds in christ such that we no longer need to be entertained like so these are the questions that are sort of like um yeah that are sort of like on my mind so i definitely be interested in everyone's thoughts around that yeah yeah i think you raise a good point where a lot of people perceive christianity as boring um and to be honest, for the longest time, that is why I never really gave my life to Christ. Well, one of the reasons, I guess. Um, oh, Nonia, you're back. Did you have something to add before I go? Nonia, can you hear us? Okay, we'll wait for her. But yeah, like I said... Um, I feel like that was one of the reasons why I didn't because, you know, this lifestyle, like I'm already enjoying myself. But is it a function of what we term or what we've been programmed to know as enjoyment? Right. Because everybody was born first into the kingdom of darkness. So our appetite has already been formed based on what we've tasted in that kingdom. So if and the the i was doing a study the other day on the weapons of our, of our warfare and you know the salvation came up and when i looked into the bible to see what salvation is you know one of the things there was um one of the verses that it quotes is uh you who transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and what came to my mind i'm not going to use nigeria here but i'll use maybe zimbabwe right i was telling og that um the way the Holy Spirit sort of explained that verse to me, you know, when, if you're in Zimbabwe now, there's a way that they do things. It's a corrupt country. It's, it's, I mean, everything is just wrong. You know, their exchange rate is off the hook. So it's like, I came to save you from that government. You know, everything in that government has been structured in a way to make you feel. 
So I came to save you from that government and now I've transported you to Canada or the US or like let's just think of the best country in the world, maybe Dubai. I've now brought you into that country right now. You cannot keep, if you say you want to live the same way you've been living in Zimbabwe, in Dubai, or in one of these developed countries, they're going to deport you, which is literally what's happened in salvation. You know, Jesus Christ came, died, took us away from the bad government, the government that has been structured to make us fail, and then brought us into the kingdom of light, into a developed economy. Now, in the developed economy, there's a way that you're supposed to behave. There's a way that you're supposed to act. Um, in, in Nigeria, for example, I can count the number of people that pay taxes, right? If you come to Canada, if you don't pay taxes, you can go to jail, right? Now, I've come from Nigeria where it's sweet not to pay taxes because, man, if you pay, you can just go and meet somebody and you say, I'm paying 30K or I'm paying 60K for the... Meanwhile, that's not what you're supposed to pay, but that appetite has already been built where I don't pay what I'm supposed to. Now, if I go to a developed economy where they're expecting me to pay much higher than what I've been used to paying, it is not going to feel sweet. It's not going to feel attractive. It's not going to... I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Like, It's not going to feel good. But this is how we operate in this government. So is it a, a case of um, it's not entertaining because we haven't been programmed to view entertainment that way? Like we're supposed to now reprogram our mind to view entertainment in, a, in another way or satisfy our cravings or pleasures in a different way that we've not been used to. I don't know if that makes sense, OG. But... Um, yeah, it does, but it still doesn't actually answer the question because I'm like, I'm not talking, I'm talking about like, okay, you're in the world, in quotes, and you like rap, for example, mm. right? A lot of times, people don't really pay attention to the lyrics, they just like the beat um, and stuff like that, and they feel like, oh, like when they come into Christianity, it's literally just hymns from 1856 that you'll be singing, right? <laughs> Um, but there are sort of like Christian rap artists and stuff like that. So there is um, there is that that Jonathan you can be exposed to to um, like to satisfy that entertainment um, portion. You like listening to music or well language as opposed to maybe the slower hymn like type music that yeah doesn't really do it for you so I, for me i think it's in two ways right there are those like churches or whatever that sort of like use these things as the major anchor to sort of like bring people into church and try to keep them in there so there isn't oftentimes they might not be like that much transformation because you're like going to church for entertainment and all of that but you're not necessarily being transformed in it mm. um, and then there is providing sort of like alternative worldly entertainment but not as the focal point of Christian life right. but as an addition mm. right so my as in so my question then is even in that i mean it might be a rhetorical question it may be that somebody has more insight or whatever um so in my 
my so my question is okay like if okay we are talking about music like if take poetry for example now there's a lot of poetry that might be sexually explicit and stuff like that and we know that that is not edifying but there there are ministries like um, passion for christ ministries um that yeah there are poets and all of that that you can like get wholesome christian entertainment so my question is like even that entertainment bit is it that because we were in the world before like and we have developed an appetite for entertainment not even necessarily what kind of entertainment now that there is an appetite for entertainment and then we bring that appetite into christianity and we are looking to satisfy it so is it a case where we're supposed to renew our minds such that we do not have appetite for entertainment mm. no, no 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 okay okay right, right, right. so no no so yeah so these are just like different thoughts yeah Okay. Nonia, did you have something to add? Hi, good evening. Hi. Uh, man, I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, well... No, maybe just answer, answer, the que- answer the topic if you want, or if you want to answer that one, you can. Yeah, my, sorry, my question was just a jam, just the jam question, sorry. Sorry, no, you're faint. Um, we can't really hear you. Okay, oh, hear me now. Uh, okay, that's better. Thanks. Yeah. So it's like it's Christ alone that is the benefit, and then He brings other things, not necessarily other things that. So mm. I feel um, people. Well, I feel some now. I feel some people tend to evangelize with the, with the like the material things or the benefits that exactly oh, mm-hmm. if you come to Christ he can do this for you he can do that for you which is good but then I don't know if there is an understanding that those are not necessarily like set in it's not like God won't give you that but then that shouldn't really be why you're following him mm. you should follow him because of him and the understanding of who he is and what he has done for you. Mm. And um, I feel churches, because um, I here in the UK, I go to Hillsong, and I like their worship, right? And some people think it's because music is different and it's nice and all that, um, that it's for entertainment, which will depend on the mindset of the individual that comes to church. So, Depends. I believe someone can come with that mindset and get transformed while service or after going to church for a couple of times. So I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but then it's, it becomes bad if the person doesn't change their mindset or their position. And I think that's the place of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that will cause that transformation. So call. Mm. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned something that I think is the core of why we even started this because 
a lot of people evangelize and th this is what i'm trying to see i'm trying to figure out if it's a good strategy or you know for, for example you just mentioned how you know people use the things that god will give us as a byproduct of having christ in us as a way to attract people into church so say for example prosperity you know that's why this prosperity gospel has gone you know haywire because everyone is like oh if you follow god you're going to be prosperous which is good but god wants us to have christ and through christ be prosperous as opposed to selling the fruits before selling the seed so when someone comes in to church based on that false expectation that oh god is going to prosper me and then they say okay i'm going to follow him because i've been promised prosperity and then you don't actually become what you've been promised then you begin to, and that's what like if you I can say 80% of people who have left the church or have denounced Christ is probably, that's probably one of the major reasons. Is that, oh, I was told that God does this, but I never got it. Or he's a liar. Or he's XYZ, right? So, in my mind, I'm thinking as, and for those who just joined, Magdalene, nice to see you on here. Um, I'm thinking in a relationship setting, for example, if you, you meet somebody, this person has portrayed a certain lifestyle to you a, a certain persona or character and then you get married to this person and you realize that this person is the complete opposite or not even just the complete opposite but maybe what the person sold to you wasn't what you got then there's going to be it's not even just bias remorse it's going to feel like you were deceived into this thing so i'm thinking is that the same way the church is today where we are pulling people in we're trying to make church seem cool um but really is christianity cool like because for me right now like oh my goodness it's like i don't if you follow me on instagram like you like i've posted a few times how i'm god is currently taking me through a like i don't it, i'll call it discipleship um stage or phase but it's a stage of disciplining like I know a few months ago, actually this was like seven months ago, he instructed me not to eat on, you know, one day a week. Like I should fast the whole day, like not even eat at all, you know, like, and that's, and he's like, you're going to do that as a lifestyle. So I don't even know when I'm, when it's going to stop, it's going to just go on maybe even forever. You know, um, at some point a few months ago as well, he told me to stop watching any worldly TV shows. Like... And it's not like he just said stop it. Like he explained why. Because Oji will tell you like that. Like I can listen to like ten sermons at a go, and then I watch one TV show, and it's like it wipes out everything that I've that I, like all the sermons that I just listened to, right? So this one is peculiar to me. I'm not saying that it it's this is how it happens to everybody, but the Holy Spirit was able to show me exactly through a dream as well. He showed me that an open door that the enemy is using to take your memory away and all this stuff is because you're watching tv shows so it's like you're gonna have to give it up right now if somebody had told me before i became a christian that i would have to give that up like if you ask oj as well like that, that, that was probably one of the things i was looking forward to the most getting married you know i was looking forward to spending time with my wife watching runs like just friends watching friends and just watching like a whole season together over a weekend that was something that i found enjoyable 
So if somebody had told me that if you become a Christian, like this is some like God might take this away from you, like I, like that would have been a very hard sell, right? Um, so like I've been going through a phase of where God has been subtracting things from my life. You know, recently, like I think last year or two years ago, I bought a PlayStation where I started playing FIFA again. Like I used to be really, really addicted to FIFA like 10 years ago. And God just told me to pack it up a few days ago, right? And so to me, like this is like, when you read the Bible and you see how much people had to give up for the gospel, or for Christ. Like, this is what Christianity is. It's more about subtraction, not addition. It's not really about what you can get. And even when God gives you something, you know, it's, he doesn't promise us cars. He doesn't promise us, he says, seek first the kingdom. And then all these other things will be added. So even what he promises to give us, he promises to give us wisdom, right? If we ask for wisdom, I think it's in James that says, if you, seek wisdom or if you ask for wisdom i will give it to you freely so wisdom is what will then produce the money or the car or the houses that we're looking for but if we're not telling people to focus on what god actually promises which is the wisdom patience the fruits of the spirit you know patience self-control and all these things which will then lead to us getting what we should get or what we are desiring then isn't that a false expectation? Aren't we bringing people into this into the churches based on false expectation? You know, so that that is what we are sort of discussing uh, here. Like, is Christianity really meant to be cool? Are we meant to portray Christianity as this cool uh, religion? Because you know, really, if people come in knowing exactly what they are getting, you know, then we would have salt. Because for for us to impact and influence for example when you think of stew for you to make stew tasty or you know taste seasoned you don't need a whole teaspoon or tablespoon of salt you just need to sprinkle a bit you know and i feel like as like if if we have people coming in knowing exactly what they are coming in to get and they actually say you know what this is what um this is lifestyle that i've signed up for and this is what like those are the people that actually become the salt of the earth where they become like paul where you know they actually live for christ so uh for those who just joined uh what are your thoughts you know the question is right there is christianity really meant to be cool um would like to invite you up on stage yanda just asked to be invited nice no yeah did you have anything to add before yanda goes or og anyone Yanda, okay, what's um thanks for joining, bro. Uh, anything you want to add based on what has been said? Um so I I um good evening. I totally agree with everything you said. Like it's it's it makes it makes a lot of sense. Like it makes to the makes to thousands. And it just it reminds me it reminded me of book I was reading like last two months, last two months ago. Something something was changed by David Blood. There was this commentary made, I don't know if I can read it out or I should read it out, by John Stotts on a part I was reading, like recently. And it was like, the Christian landscape is strewn with the wreckage of derelict, half-built towers 
Hmm. The ruins of those who began to build and were unable to finish. Hmm. All too many people still ignore Christ's warning and undertake to follow him without first pausing to reflect on the cost of doing so. Hmm. The result is the great scandal of so-called nominal Christianity. In countries to which Christian civilization has spread, large numbers of people have covered themselves with a decent but stained veneer of Christianity. They have allowed themselves to become a little bit involved, enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Mm. Their religion is a great soft cushion. It protects them from the unpleasantness of life while changing its place and shape to suit their convenience. Mm. Oh, it just stops. Their convenience. No wonder cynics complain of hypocrites in the church and dismiss religion as escapism. So I think our responsibility, first and foremost, as Christians, as people established in the faith, when we are trying to, when we preach the gospel, we should not, I don't think we should try to, we should try to deviate it in any form to mm. suit people or to make it, quote unquote, comfortable for people to hear. Mm. We are responsible to give truth and grace. Mm. Truth and grace, truth and grace in perfect balance. That's what I feel. Because when Jesus was talking about, when Jesus was talking about, when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 24, 24 verse 12 to 13, verse 12, he says something like, so from 11 to 12, he says something like, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Hmm. And I think we we see these false prophets as something very big and something that we could be false prophets in our own right when we try to defeat truths mm. to suit people to make it sound very comfortable to people like to people to people to hear and to accept and people start getting obsessed with the gifts rather, rather than being in love with the giver of the gifts mm. you understand so it's just i just feel our responsibility first and foremost is to portray truths as truth um truth and grace in perfect balance so every other thing is peripheral the main thing as the core of christianity is truth and grace I feel that's what we should do. Wow, that's Thank awesome. That's uh, what's the name of that book you just read out from? Um, something must change by David Platts. Hmm. I love, I love that. I'm, I'm definitely gonna get it. Thank you so much for sharing, Iada. That was powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, and and ex- exactly what Iada said, you know, um, because when the whole essence of Christianity is to build. Is to have a building on the inside of you like when you understand what it really is like god is is trying to build that's why he even calls jesus christ the foundation the chief cornerstone because the moment you receive jesus christ your foundation has been set now god is now trying to build on your inside right and when you don't have the proper structures when when people are are, are trying to get you into church or keep you and I think this is it. It's not even about getting you into church. It's about keeping you in church because a lot of these mega churches, right? They, they get you in. Okay, Jesus loves you, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But by the time you get in, in order to keep you, because of how they got you, is how you get you that you have to keep somebody. So because of how they got you, they got you on this, you know, very loving message. They now have to keep giving you loving messages in order to make you stay. And they don't drive... Because... To be honest, if I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not really averse to, you know, um, giving a message that will bring people in. As long as when they come in, you then give them the clear message and the clear expectations of what being a Christian is supposed to be like. 
at least you balance the message because like i said earlier you know when we are trying to get married to somebody you know there has to be something that will make you stop to say let me investigate or let me get to know this person more you know so yes the 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 love of jesus christ is what makes us saved it is what has given us access to abundant life it is what should make us want to come in is that god loved you so much that he gave himself you know that is enough to bring anybody in to say let me get to know this god but the moment you come in there has to be a rewiring or a full explanation of what he actually died to give us he didn't just die so that we can live anyhow we we like like the example i gave if you were saved from if you relocate from nigeria or zimbabwe to canada there's a certain way that you used to live in nigeria that you cannot live in canada right if you were used to not paying taxes in in nigeria and you move to canada and you 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 continue with that um, behavior it is going to land you in jail and that is exactly how it is when you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light like yes you should be happy that you've been transferred it's like someone that came to nigeria and just put, plucked you out and said i've given you a passport giving you pr come to canada you'll be excited yes i get to leave i get to leave but now that you're in canada we have to now educate you on how to remain in canada right there are different laws and the expectations that you're supposed to follow in order to stay in this system in this system we don't leave trash on the road in this system we pay our taxes in this system we do this xyz and i feel like right now to make christianity cool it's all about um we're happy that we left though and let's just keep preaching that we're happy that we left but we're not trying to teach people that there's a new way that we're supposed to live in this kingdom um so yeah just i, I just wanted to, to to say that anybody else have anything to add to that okay magdalene just asked to be invited up hi magdalene hello good um good evening yes i'm going to say good evening good, good evening. morning good afternoon. <laughs> nice to be here again okay so um is christianity meant to be cool well it also depends on what your definition of being cool is mm. but i tell you christianity is no child's play i was just reading the book of um first Samuel 15 which we have as our study for 9 p.m on the cool house and you know that particular um, um, message really, really, really struck me. You know, it 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 was a very, very sad, um, sad message, a sad passage in the Bible. You know, um, when God was angry with um, Saul because Saul did partial obedience, or how would I put it? Yeah, he disobeyed God. Mm. You know, so. It, it, Christianity, it, it's not easy to keep the commandments of God or the ways of God. It's not really easy to walk in the light of, you know, um, Christ that we are called Christianity. Because we are first of all flesh. And with flesh, there are a lot of frailties, a lot of sin, there are a lot of inadequacies in us. But we thank God for Jesus Christ because he had come to die for us. He had paid the price of our sin. He had, you know, we have an advocate, you know, with him, you know, and he's the one that intercedes. He pleads constantly for a mercy for us. But that does not make it an easy journey. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're used to, just like you said, if you're used to watching movies and God is telling you you are not going to watch movie anymore, or if you're if you're a foodie and God is telling you no, you have to discipline your body. You mm. all you you know definitely that it's not going to be easy. It's not it's not going to be an easy journey. But yes, His grace is sufficient. But still, that doesn't make it easy. We need to strive. Yeah. And you know, because God has left us with, with a choice or with choices that we have to make. You know, so it, it's not easy. So when people say Christianity is cool, yeah, it's cool because you are having fellowshiping with the Father. It's cool because you are gathering with the brethren. But the work itself is not an easy one. It is not easy to be, you know, where you've lived in sin and you're now coming into the side of life. And for you not to get tempted, I mean, temptation will come. Temptation will come, disappointment will come, evil, persecution will come, evil from the church. Mm. And I tell you, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're walking um, in the manner of Christ, you're going to be faced with criticism and <coughs> persecution, even from the church. I mean, uh, uh, if, if, you're, if you're a Christian and you've not been abused, you've not been insulted, and like, what's wrong with you? Why are you carrying this thing on your head? It means you have not really walked mm. the way you should walk. You understand? If you're not different, if people cannot say there's something different about you, if you're still very popular with people, it means you're not doing it right. Mm. You understand? Because even the disciples, they're not popular with people. Because they did things that, I mean, people were like, no, I mean, this is not normal. Why are you, you know? You should be doing it the way we are doing it, not the way you know you're doing it. So I would not say Christianity is good. Christianity is, is yeah. And, and I mean, when you fear, when they say the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is not. If you fear God, you will not want to sin against your brother. You understand? So it's 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 not cool. It is when you know when you know just like you said in the bid of trying to get people into their fold, they play sweet messages. They call. They get motivational speakers to come and speak and Christianity is not motivational talk mm. yes, the head is the Lord and the fullness thereof. it doesn't mean that you're going to have money it doesn't mean even even Jesus Christ said that in this world you face what affliction yep. or cheer but he has overcome the world so it's not easy it's not a walk in this no it, it is difficult it is not easy because when you are not popular with people you're going to be frustrated you're going to be alone at times for doing it right you're going to be alone you're a lone ranger and, and when you're in low range, you are trying to get discouraged. At times when I faced persecution, somebody had told me, we didn't schedule you to take a talk in church because somebody complained that you are the only one that is being given a talk. As such, I was deprived of the opportunity to serve God. Mm. Because I love to give talk, I love to do work, you understand? And somebody said, because, I mean, I was getting, I was, I was getting popular, I was the only one, I was, why am I, why is it only me? They're calling me to say prayer, they're calling me to do, why me? And I was like, and the person, is because as a result of that, didn't give me any talk to handle for the year. And I'll be like, oh, because somebody said, I'm, and you're doing it. Are you looking at what people will say? I don't want to be popular with people. I want to do the will of my father. Mm. Because when you are popular with the people, it means you're not doing it right. You know, so there will be criticism, there will be persecution, there will be all sorts. The, the devil will even call that at you because you're not... I mean, if you're if you're against the devil, he's definitely going to fight you. The devil does not fight people that are already on his side mm. because he does not have anything to lose. But he fights people that are on God's side. So you're going to be faced with fights. You're going to strive, sin, even disease. He will plague your body. Look at the story of Job. He plagued Job's body. 
He took everything for Job because he felt God ahead because God had given Job everything as such. Job, I mean, Job, why would Job obey God? But that's a lie. So Christianity is not easy, it's not cool. If you if you make Christianity seem easy, it, you, I mean, look at Paul. Paul said three times I cried that God should help me. What did he say? He said, mm. My grace is sufficient for mm. He was tormented. But he said, My grace is sufficient. And that is why they said we should strive to win. You know, to strive to 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 win the, the, the how would I call it the crown. Nobody said it was going to be easy, but they said his grace is going to be sufficient for us. He said we are not going to be tempted beyond we can, you know, overcome. We can handle, yep. Yes, he said even if we are tempted, his grace is going to be there for us. So it's not easy. Like I said, if you are playing this uh, uh, bread and butter Christianity, that, that's a lie. That's a lie. You're not doing it right. You can imagine somebody that is a pastor having to go sleep with sisters or choir master sleeping with uh, choir members. And you tell me, I think, hey, it's easy. Those are easy Christianity because they come, they, 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 they sing and people are, people shed tears and people are converted or people enjoy it. They said the gifts of God are without us. Repent that. I also think that uh, even um, like, like what you just said with. Uh, pastor sleeping with you know i think the one second <coughs> i think there's this narrative that um god forgives and god has forgiven us you know and, and it's true god has forgiven us for every sin that will okay. ever i know exactly exactly and i think people don't realize that there are consequences for like he has forgiven you. It's not gonna. It's not gonna affect your salvation. If you are truly saved, you will make heaven. No, but there are consequences for those actions. Just, just like I said, um, I wrote in my book in the study. Um, um, it says that what is it? It says the consequences for disobedience can be lasting and painful. Do not be deceived. God is not God. Whatever you sow. So the fact that we have sent Jesus Christ to die for us, for our sin, does not mean we should continue in sin. Simply because some people will tell you they can't fast because Jesus has fasted. Hmm. I was like that, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. You know, so there are lots of um, cool, cool, how would I put it now, in, in, you know, from the messages that pastors preach, simply because they don't want to gain membership. And that's why you strive to keep them. You keep them. Watering down the gospel of Christ. You keep preaching prosperity. I don't have a problem with prosperity. I want to be rich. But that's not it. That's not all what the kingdom of God is about. That's not what the kingdom is all about. So so it, it's not it's not a cool work. It's not it's not. It's it, it comes with his own. But just like St. Paul says, my grace is that my God says to for my grace is sufficient for me. Thank, thank you so much, Magdalene. Um, there, there were a few things you said. Uh, Paul, you know, like you said, uh, he prayed to God three times, take this thing away from me. And God said, my grace, he didn't take it away. And I feel like this cool Christianity that we're being taught today is that you will get everything that you ask for. You know, but Paul, it was the New Testament. You know, Jesus Christ had died. You know, Paul could have said, I, you know, based on the blood of Jesus Christ, I demand this thing. Blah. Like he prayed three times and God said, no, you're going to deal with it like that. My, I'll make my grace sufficient. 
uh, for you. And um, just to piggyback off what you said earlier as well, um, I remember myself, I think this was, and the, the no fasting thing, like, I was, I was in a church where they didn't fast. And I don't think there was any doctrine around that. But for me, I guess because I didn't want to give up food. Um, I took it as, you know, God, Jesus Christ has died for everything. He has fasted for me as there's no point fasting again and everything, you know. Um, but it was, I think, last year that I started reading the Bible directly. And, you know, the Holy like I, 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 I started to see that, man, the fact that Jesus Christ didn't fast when he was around. I think there's a part in the Bible that says that you don't fast when the bridegroom is around, but when he has gone, then you can't fast. And I was like, hey, so that means I'm supposed to start this thing. You know, like, and obviously, it's, it took me a while. You know, like I shared earlier, like, you know, God told me, you're going to, I'm calling you to a fasted life. And he had told me this thing a few years ago, but I just, I didn't want to hear it, to be honest. But it was only, I think it was in March or April that I began. And it's like, you're going to dedicate a day a week where you're not going to eat anything. You know, you're going to do that as a lifestyle, as in, and it's, it's, it is hard. You know, for example, OJ and I went out today. We went to a church function and they were serving some nice jollof rice. I'm like, oh my God. And coincidentally, today is the day that he has set apart for me not to listen. And obviously, it's, it is not easy for me because my mindset has already been fixed. Like, it's been happening for a few months now. So it's, it's not a new thing. But when it originally started, like, imagine not eating for a whole day. On Mondays when I eat, it feels like I'm eating food for the first time because all the like I can taste everything. Tell them what you eat on Monday mornings. Just tell them. Oh my goodness! Please just mute. Let mute your mic, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, and it's I, I said that because I'd already imagined, like I'd already said, God, okay, I've given you one day a week. Old. Then I think it was last two weeks ago. He now told me to fast again on one other day. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, ah, two days in a week. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I don't... He had told me to do it before and I did it. And man, it was it was a lot. So this time again, I think Oji now made one mad breakfast. I said, I'm not sure if it's the Holy Spirit talking. So I just, I ate breakfast that day. And I don't know, for some reason, as I ate it, I felt like, I had disobeyed God. Like I, I, like I felt bad. Like I felt like crying at some point. Like I, I remember coming into the kitchen. I told Roger, I said, I don't think I should have eaten this morning. I, I feel like God was telling me to take today off again. You know, and I'm like, I know that God has. Like I, I, I don't. I, 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 I spoke to God. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. I now know that you wanted me to take today off. I repent. All this thing, and this was happening while. Oji and I were driving to the mall to go and have some Chinese food and everything. And God was like, you know what, my son, I forgive you. You've repented, no problem. But that Chinese food, you're not going to have it. Ah! In my mind, I was like, geez. I'd already, I'd, I'd been tasting the food right from the car, you know. But he was like, I get it, you've repented. But this food, you're going to give it up to prove your repentance. Because if, if you are telling me that, okay, next time when I tell you to do something, you do it without disobeying, then you are going to prove it right now. So I was struggling with it, struggling with it the whole ride. I got to the mall. 
I didn't tell OG at the time because I'm like, if I tell her like this, then that means I'm not eating at all because I've already spoken it out. So she went, she got there, she ordered. So she told the person, oh, I'm ordering for two. I still kept quiet because I was still battling it with my mind. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going to, you know, and then by the time she, they, they did that food, they're like, okay, where's the next order? I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to pay. Up until when I paid, it was still a battle in my mind. And I had to sit down, watch OG eat this food from beginning to end. Like, and I was just like, <laughs> like, this is, this is the Christian life. Like, Daniel is here. Like, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, uh, I think it was earlier this week. We, we have a FIFA group where we play football on, on, on PlayStation. And... I'd been getting the prompting for a while. God had told me that I'm going to get, like, you're going to give up this thing at some point. You know, I'm going to let you know when. And it was when we just started, we found one pro clubs where, you know, everybody plays with their own player. Like, the thing is sweet. Like, oh my goodness. Like, we spent like three hours or four hours one day just playing it. And then that was when God said, it's time to give it up. You're going to retire from this game. Like, game gaming is becoming a distraction for you. Um... There are a lot of things that I've called you to do. And the moment you start playing, you just forget. And it's true. Like, the moment I start playing, I can play for three, four hours. And then the thing that I, maybe I said, I'm, I'm going to edit a video and post it on Instagram. All of a sudden, nothing is happening. Or I'm supposed to post something on Instagram. I'm supposed to do this video. I'm supposed to do that. And everything I've planned will just go. And it's like, you know what? I'm like, you're going to retire from this thing. And he called me to just pack it up. Like, like I, I felt like crying because it was hard. It was hard. Like, it was one of the ways I used to use to distress. And now it's like, you're going to use me to distress. Like, don't stop using PlayStation as an excuse. So, like, and, and, and that's the reason why we decided to start this thing. Because I'm like, if people actually knew what we were called to do as Christians, like, like, I don't think a lot of people would be Christians, you know, and the people who actually become Christians would be the salt of the earth because they know what they are signing up for. Like they know that this is not a life of give me, give me, give me, give me. Yes, prosperity is promised, but it's only through the fruits of the spirit that you will get genuine prosperity. The devil can give you prosperity as well, but the Bible says that I'm the one who gives you wealth and adds no sorrow to it. So, the devil can give you wealth, but he will add sorrow to it. It's only God that will give you that wealth that will not add sorrow to it. And the reason why he's not going to add sorrow to it is because you have the character, you have the fruits of the spirit to manage the wealth that is given you. And this is another false, uh, false teaching in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the church as well. Because they say, come in, God is going to prosper you. But they don't tell you the process that God is more... Imp imp uh, God is more... Um, uh, what's the word? God is more in interested. Yeah, that's the word. God is more interested in taking you through the process as opposed to giving you just the result of it. You know, so that's another thing that we're struggling with in the church as well because we're not being given the real, like, like what I've gone through within the, this year, you know, it's been like it's disciplining on another level where you know i'm like things things have been taken away things that i like have been taken away from me and but what i'm being given in return is wisdom it is patience it is self-control and it's through these traits or this character building things that i'm now like it's like god is testing me to see are you able to handle real treasure because god god promises us real treasure treasure that's 
man cannot steal, treasure that cannot rust, treasure that cannot fade, treasure that cannot be stolen. You know, these are the things that God wants to build on our inside. That is what true Christianity um, really is. So I can see that we, we have some uh, some new people have, have joined the, the, the room. Uh, we're just answering this question. Is Christianity really meant to be cool? Like, you know, how, how were you... Um, how were you what's the word um what what attracted you to christianity you know what 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 brought you into the church and when you were brought into the church based on that the love of god the love of christ christ has died for me you know what what sustained you in church is it based on this milk is it based on this love of god or have, or or have you been transformed into knowing that this thing is more than than the love you know because I don't know if I'm, I'm talking too much. Does anybody have any anything else to add? Like, does anybody have something to add? Yeah, you can go, Magdalene. Yep. You talked about your followers. I, I, I think going to how many years now, I've not even sat down to watch TV. Hmm. Well, I used to enjoy it. Hmm. I used to like, you know, um, there was this series on TV. I think it's all this. I used to watch it, you know, I can watch from 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And all of a sudden, going to one year, two years now, I don't even remember the last time I, I carried the phone. You know, especially since the advent of the house, I can't even remember, you know, picking the remote to turn on the TV. It's not, you know, it, it's a process. It's a process, especially when you get to like, I want, I want to work. We can't hear you clearly. Maybe okay. just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. When 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 you decide you want to walk with God, He mm. leads you by the hand and He starts pruning you. The things you really enjoy doing that were of no value to you, He starts taking them off you one after the other. And you know, yeah, they might be painful. Pruning is not an easy process. It's a painful process. And you know, it might be painful, but like He says, His grace is always sufficient. So for us, we were born into Christianity, we were born into the church, and all our lives has been a life of service, even though then we may not have been doing it right, but we, we were still in the church. We didn't get into the church because of one specific message. It was something we were born into, it, so it was more like a way of life. But like I said, as time went by, we started growing into it, growing into service, growing into, you know, uh, the love of God and all that, and it keeps getting better. So if it was, if it has been hit on something, and when you no longer get that thing, you leave. And that's why some people will tell you, uh, Christianity is a scam. It's opium. It's the opium of the masses. Just mm. a way to de- distract people. But it's not. It's a way of life. Christianity is a way of life. Is you know, is 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 Christ in its totality. You know, being modeled after you. So it's 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 cool if you've gone through. The, the, the pruning period and you now begin to enjoy it, you know, then you can say it's cool. But if you have not walked through it, then it is not cool. It ain't cool at all. <laughs> but like I always say, the grace of God is sufficient. God bless you. Thank I'm you so much. I want to attend to my other room. Bye-bye. Okay, no problem. Thank you so much, Margie. Um, When Magdalene was talking the before this time, she actually reminded me of 
scripture, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy mm. in, in the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. And mm. of course, eating and drinking isn't sort of like just literal eating and drinking, but that whole festive, celebratory, cool entertainment, feeling happy, that, that's, you get what I mean, that's vibes, chilling, sort of like mindsets. Um, but yeah, where she was talking, the scripture just popped into my mind and I just thought to share. Thank you. Um, anybody else? Daniel, I know you just came up. Did you have something to share? Yeah, I actually had a question um, based on the topic that you're asking. Mm. Um, do you mean, is it cool for you as a person or is it cool to the world as a question? You know, you say it's, 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 it's even really meant to be cool because I feel like cool um, it's kind of subjective in a way because I don't know if you've already asked, I have answered this before because I just drink. Yeah, true, true, true. Because I feel like cool is subjective. Something can be cool to you but not cool to somebody else. So is, um, do you mean in the general sense of cool or do you mean cool to you as a person? No, gen- general sense of cool um, and Christianity as a way of life, as a religion, for lack of a better word. Because um, we have churches who, you know, they are preaching messages, the love of God, the love of God, Jesus Christ died for you, you know, uh, but they don't take you beyond that. It's cool in the sense that they tell you what you want to hear, not what the Bible actually said. You know, um, they, they leave you on the surface of Christianity where, okay, Jesus Christ has died for you, but they don't take you deep into living for Christ. Um, and when OJ and I first moved to Canada, like we, we joined the church and it's one of these very popular churches, a mega church. It's known all over the world. Um, but at some points we're like, you know, we, we love the whole cool, you know, you can wear ripped jeans. Your pastor is wearing ripped jeans, you know, yeah, he's preaching a message that just sounds good. But at some point we're like, we don't feel like we're growing, you know, um, cause we're not fasting we are not being discipled you know there's no discipleship angle to the church where you can go deeper there's no you know everything was just it felt like a motivational message every single week and that is what a lot of the churches have come have have become where they're just giving you snippets of what the christian life is they're giving you like a good picture but they're not really giving us what the Bible actually says that we're going to go through. You know, Magdalene, before she left, mentioned the, you know, the pruning. And it's in John, you know, it says that, you know, God will prune you. And for those who are not producing any fruits, he cuts off the branches. So we're going to experience pain regardless. Because whether you get cut off from the tree or you get pruned, it's they both involve pain, right? But I feel like, the Christianity of today is more about what you can get as opposed to what you can give. It's more about um, that they're teaching a message of you're going to go through life without experiencing any pain, any loss. But the Bible doesn't actually teach that. So I guess it's cool from that angle. I don't know if that answers your question, Dano. Well, yeah, yes, it, it does. Then I guess I don't know if what you expect us to say is answer the question, but um, in that case, Christianity is not supposed to be cool because there are so many Bible passages that let you know that it's not going to, it's not, it's not supposed to be an easy journey, mm. right? 
if not because um, the, if not because of the Holy Spirit, it's not even it's not even the journey that is possible. Mm. So if you look mm. at it, if you look at it as cool from the earthly aspect, then cool, cool, rah, rah, It's not going to be cool at all. It's not going to be. It's not easy. But I guess with the grace of God, it it, it gets easier as you as you go into it. The more you grow, you know, and then it gets better as you move on. There's so many um, examples that you guys have given that. In my mind, I've just been thinking that it's true because it's it's very difficult. That's the truth. It's, it's not um, a lot of times we go to churches and we go around and they make it look like Christianity is a walk in the park, but it isn't. Because from from the day you give your life to Christ, there's a there's a battle that you're that you're that you're going to go through. Mm. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to go through it. Yes, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a battle. And then I, I guess there was something somebody was saying that I also wanted to point to the point to the fact that people forget, and that's the fact that a lot of times people think that all you need to do is just sit down, ask God, and then everything will just be smooth. But the fact remains that if you really are a Christian and you really believe in God, you realize that He is the one that decides what He wants to do. You pray, you ask, yes. When you ask, God gives you. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the moment you now don't get it, people now believe that. Ah, uh, maybe it's not supposed. Maybe that Christianity is this camp. It's not supposed to be like that. So this one telling me to come and do all this after doing all this after walking throughout the whole week for him. I was in church throughout this. I just asked him that he should give me money for transport, and I didn't get it. And then automatically, our faith becomes um, becomes shaking and all that. It, it still points to what you're saying. You cannot be a Christian for what you can get from it. You're a Christian because you believe in Jesus. You believe in God and all that, and you believe that He died for you and all that, and that He is the one that created us. He created us. It's just like um, I guess it still points to just like um, you you create something, and then you and then the, the thing you created is now coming to try to dictate how dictate you want it to, exactly. how you want things to be. Do you understand? <laughs> you created that thing for your reason, for your purpose, right? Mm. You decide how you want it to be and what it. If finally. Um, you um you decide to give the thing what it wants it's still your decision if the thing asks you oh i want to do this i want to be able to do that it wants to be able to do that in the long run it's still your decision to decide how and if you're going to give it what you want you know things like that absolutely if I talk too much, that, that's just my <laughs> that's just my own um two cents thank and you so and, okay i guess this one i'll take this one offline <laughs> okay <laughs> Nice one. Thank you so much for sharing, Daniel. Uh, that's a very powerful, very powerful. Um, and, and it's funny because the biggest, because obviously this, this room is, a, is, is for marriages. You know, God has called us to marriages. And one of the biggest um, obstacles that we see single people going through is this, you know, um, they're trying to find who God wants to give them, right? Who is the right person for me to get married to? And a lot of them, they'll pray, God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will, you know. But the moment God's will appears, it's like we want what we want, not what God's will is. Right? Um, Because we deal with a lot of single people, you know, and attraction and preferences. uh, Those are things that a lot of people look for. You know, you've built an image in your head of who your spouse should look like or what your spouse should look like. And the, the, the downside is that that image becomes a stronghold 
where even when God speaks to you, you are not able to obey because you want that desire met. You know, and if, if you followed us for a while, you know that my wife and I dealt with this. Um, different reasons. For me, I was looking for a an Oibo Spanish mamacita, you know, for the longest time, that was what I wanted. Even when I gave my life to Christ, I told him, you know, God, you know what I want. You know, you know, you know what I like, you know, so give this to me. So when he showed OG to me, I was like, hey, she's not yellow. As in, where did this come from? You know, uh, and thank God, thank God that at the time, at that time, I knew that Christianity wasn't really for just taking what you 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 want. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I sort of had an idea that, and to be actually, it's not like I had. I, the Holy Spirit just helped me to be honest. If not, I would have missed out on the best thing that ever happened to me. If I'm going to be honest, because when He showed her to me, I was like, ha. Like I literally stopped praying and I was like, chill, 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 chill. And I just stopped praying. I went to bed. I'm like, it can't be, you know. But because I knew that I had had a true transformation, I knew that I was living not for myself but for God. I knew that if I did, because everybody still has a choice. Even when God God presented Eve to Adam, he didn't tell him to pick, but he picked. It's the same way he presented Oji to me. And I had the option to say yes or no. And I just knew that even though this is not my preference, yeah, if God has shown her to me and I said, this is an option, this is your option, I knew that if I didn't take that option, I was going to regret it, right? And so, the reason why I share that is, and even the same, I got married to her with $50 in my account, as in nobody else, and that's why OG is just special, because nobody would have taken me in the state that I was in when we got married. Like, for the first two years of our marriage, she was one that was footing every single bill, right? I would do business here and there, and I was forming, I'm a businessman, I was doing nothing. Um, but, you know, she knew at the point where we got married how much I had and she still, because God had said, and this is what we're trying to say, because there are a lot of things that we're going to go for, you know, that God has a different plan. So are you willing to drop your plan to take on God's plan? Right? I think that, that, that that's, that's the main focus, because for a lot of what the messages that we're hearing today is that God will give you what you want. And it's why a lot of people will say, God will give me the desires of my heart. God knows what I want. He will give it to me. Because that is the message. That's the God that they've been sold. But like Magdalene said, Paul prayed for something to be taken off three times. And God said, no, we're going to leave it right where it is because it is for your good. You know, um, I, I remember, um, I think it was earlier this week, I saw a, a video of a pastor saying that um, when you fast, you can still have sex when you fast. And I, and I looked at OJ and I'm like, what? Like, those are the kind of things that people want to hear. And you could see the comments. Everybody was like, yes, this is my pastor. This is this. But I'm like, OJ, like, what's the purpose of fasting? It's not really to uh, it's not really to abstain from food or sex. It is to deprive the flesh. The flesh is the problem, not the food, not the sex. Sex is good. Food is good. Watching movies, good. You know, or watching the right movies anyway good but what the reason why we go through a fast is to tell the flesh that i am in control so if you fast from food but you're still having sex you are still feeding the flesh <laughs> like so i'm like how does that even make sense but 
it is a way that you know if this pastor is saying this then you know we like his message let him preach some more and then unknown to the pastor he will try to, he will now start to be preaching similar messages that sound good to people's ears because he'll be getting more members and he'll be getting the existing members um to stay um so yeah I, before i speak over speak anybody else have something to add to that <coughs> yeah yanda you can go thank you uh so um it was when i think it was when magdalene was speaking something caught my attention and i think it's exactly what you're saying i'm just trying to say it in a different way uh i think a one of the reasons why some people are sold some people are, some people buy into some people buy into this christianity christianity of a thing or this quote unquote christianity of a thing that they don't expect is pastors being replaced like being um, motivational speakers taking the place of pastors in church like as you said motivational speakers mm. taking mm. the place of pastors in church like you hear things you hear people you hear people focusing on things like self-love positivity and stuff in church mm. rather than rather than things from the world and then is when man's words replaces God, God's word, like we tend to fall into legalism. We tend to fall into legalism. I tend to it can do serious, like serious damage. I can remember, I think when I was younger, when I was younger, like there was something, there was, there was like if you read much of Paul's letters, you will see that Christ died for more than our forgiveness. Christ died for more than our forgiveness. Like you see him praying, you see him praying for things like. Let us be filled with the knowledge of your will, mm. in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Mm. Let our eyes, let the eyes of our hearts like be open. Mm. Like you see all those deep prayers, you understand? Mm. So we can't settle for like the base, like what you're saying. Just Christ loves you, like He forgives you, and we can't stay there. Like when I was younger, I was like, I was when I used to. I think when, most of us would have experienced this. Maybe going through revelations, we see scary things, like we see some pictures that's like. It just those makes just doesn't it just doesn't maybe literally make sense in our mm. age and stuff. But recently, recently, I got to understand that what that was like last week. I think that was last like last week when I was reading Revelations one and two again. Watching Revelations one and two again, like what caught my attention, what seemed more scary to me was the fact that in the letters in the letters to the seven churches in Asia. That, like that Jesus sends sends churches in Asia through John, through John. There are some things that Jesus rebuked the church for that we, seem, we as we as Christians, like in our daily lives, we are almost complacent about it. Hmm. Like you see things like you see things, you see Jesus rebuking the church of Thyatira, for example, like for lack of discernment for things hmm. that should take like spiritual maturity most hmm. to hmm. not just us just being nominal Christians. You understand? So, like, Jesus died more than our forgiveness. Like, that's our forgiveness is like the base, like mm. the base, like it's like the foundation. We are meant to. We can't settle for spiritual immaturity. We can't settle just to stay where we are in Christ. Like, just to stay where we go. Like, we have to keep maturing in Christ. And you see, Paul in most of his letters keep talking about this. Keep talking about this. Let us come to a deeper understanding. In of knowledge of your will, the most spiritual wisdom, like mm. this, like prayers just pointing to that almost every time, and it gives you like gives you better understanding of what, of what we are called to do and what we are called as as Christians. 
Oh man, Yanda, jeez, you are you are speaking, bro. Yeah, like you are speaking, bro. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, man. Like, um, you mentioned a lot of things there, and you just reminded me of something Daniel said, um, about when he battled. Like, I think I I think that is what it is. I I think to answer this question is crazy. Is Christianity really meant to be cool? I feel like that is what inspired it. Like, we are in a battle, but a lot of Christians don't realize it. They think we are we're in a party, right? I think that's the difference. That's the differentiator right now. Like, we are at, we've been saved to get enrolled into an army, but we are being taught that we've been saved to get into a palace. I know if that makes sense. Like, God has saved you to become prosperous, become wealthy, to become this, 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 but literally, God has saved us and has armed us with weapons for warfare. It's like we're in a battle, we're in a warfare. And we are fighting against an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. But because we're not being taught these things, like we're just living life, like we're not in a war. Like we don't have an adversary who is coming to want to take us out. And it is why you see a lot of Christians who are not fulfilling potential, who are dying unexpectedly, you know, who are being destroyed. Because we, we didn't know that we we're facing an opponent. It's like, it's like you just feel you've won boxing um, attire, but you don't realize that there's somebody in the ring. So I feel like that is what that is the problem right now. It's like when we when we share these messages of, you know, oh, like Christianity is so cool, just come in and everything will just work, you know. Like you're literally coming into an army, like you're coming to fight and... The, but I guess the cool thing is that we are not fighting to win. We are fighting from a place of victory. We are fighting to enforce the victory that Jesus Christ already died on the cross to give to us. You know, so it's not that we are fighting, we are fighting the, 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 the enemy. No, we are fighting to stand in, on what Jesus Christ has already said about us in his word. You know, and, and it was when I, I got into that reality like Iyanda said you know Paul was was Iyanda said sorry um Paul was saying I pray and it was when I started reading Ephesians that this popped out because it's like I pray that these people will know what they have I pray that these people will know what you died to give them because literally when Jesus Christ died he came to reside on our inside so literally we have God on our inside but we don't know we're not fully tapping into that power and so Paul was like, man, I wish that these people would know what they have on their inside. I wish they would know that they have God inside of them and that nothing will literally be impossible for them to do. You know, but when we are being told this, oh, Christianity is cool, but we don't even know that we need to tap in. And the tapping into ourselves to know who God is, is more than just uh, going to church every Sunday. That's what the enemy wants us to believe, that you can just go to church every Sunday and be a, 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 a very productive and effective Christian. This is where fasting comes in because until you are able to quiet your spirit, uh, your flesh, sorry, you, you won't be able to hear your spirit speak. You won't be able to hear what God is saying. And, and from personal experience, when I fast, the dreams I have are more, I have more authority in the dreams. I can remember the dreams um, uh, faster and clearer, you know, because my flesh is not interfering. 
with 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 my life. It's not interfering with 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 my identity in Christ. You know, so when when you hear people saying that they are fasting, they are fasting, it's not just a spiritual exercise, not just a religious activity. Like when you want to go deeper with God, like there are certain things that like for you to go deeper, you need to sacrifice. And it's funny. Um, Obviously, God has told me to stop watching Netflix, stop watching worldly TV shows, all those things. It was hard, but now I'm beginning to understand why. Now, I used to see my wife watching Mount Zion movies, and I used to like I used to just make fun of her and be like, how can you be watching this? This like the acting is just so off. But she'll be like, but the message, there's a message behind these things, man. The me- like I don't watch it for the acting, I watch it for the message. And it was when God told me to give it up that I now started watching Mount Zion movies with her. And then it now began, it began to make sense. Now, there was one movie that we were watching and it just clicked in my head. And I'm like, all these people that go to Babalawos and, you know, all these witch doctors, the witch doctor always requires a sacrifice. And literally, the more power that you want, the bigger the sacrifice you are asked to bring. That's why when someone is asking for something heavy, they will say you need to sacrifice a loved one. Because it's you are you are asking for something big. The sacrifice has to be big, you know. And it's the same thing. It's a spiritual principle. Like that, when I was watching the movie, it became obvious that it's a spiritual principle. Uh, it's just that with us, we're asked to sacrifice ourselves. The devil asks you to sacrifice someone. Sacrifice like, but God, like with God, God has said, "Become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto me." Right. So. With us, when we are able to fast and we're able to deprive ourselves, and fasting is not just food. I fasted PlayStation earlier this week. I fasted uh, food. I fasted all these things. It's not just food, you know. But we're, when we're able to sacrifice, is why some people, when you know, they'll, they'll give a huge seed. Look at Solomon, for example. He he sacrificed a thousand um, uh, bulls as as a burnt offering. He sacrificed something. And then the moment he sacrificed something, God was like, what do you want? You know, like when, you, when, when we sacrifice certain things, we get access to a new level of wisdom in God. We get to understand who we are. We get to now tap into the, the Jesus Christ in us that, that, that does now come to reside in us. So I think it's one of the tactics of the enemy that, you know, if I keep these people just on the surface, okay, God has saved you. Okay, let's just... You know, keep living your life. You know, God has forgiven me. Just keep living. Don't know that you're in a war. Don't know that you're in a battle. Don't know that I've stolen a lot of things from you that you would need to ask for restoration for. Because that's another thing. And that's another thing that I think is plaguing the Christian family right now. Is that, you know, and I see this a lot on Instagram. It'll be like, oh, I can't, I haven't seen the devil that will come and take this thing or that can come and attack me or that, yo. Like then, if if the devil could attack us, then why why are we given weapons of warfare? Why are we asked to have our shield of faith to protect us from the darts of the enemy? The enemy can still attack, but we need to know who we are in Christ so that we can repel it, so that we can enforce the authority that we now have in 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 in, in God. You know, so I feel like this is one strategy where you know the Christianity is just known as cool. Just come in, you know. We can get anything that we want. You know, and the devil is just smiling, thinking, okay, you are there and I'm stealing from you every single day, you know, because you are not discerning. You don't you don't even know who you are. Like, you don't realize that you're, that you're in a battle and you're, you're here to fight, you know, to enforce what has been given. Uh, so, yeah. Um, any other thoughts?
Anybody else want to share? Um, if you are just joining, I guess you sort of un understand what we're sort of discussing. If you want to share, uh, just ask to be put up on stage. I would definitely love to hear uh, your thoughts. So anybody else? I'm sorry, I just wanted to add to the cool aspect and all that. Um, I, um, down the line, I realized that the sermons that are the best are the ones that pain you the most. So if you mm, go, I mm, feel like if mm. you go and hear a message and it doesn't prick something, it doesn't um, mm, mm, trigger mm. something inside your mind or your spirit, then you should probably check. If you're going to... Uh, church and every time they preach you yeah, are very happy with the preacher mm. it's actually something that my pastor actually started saying he used to say that he's not here to be friends with anybody that mm. if his message doesn't make a few people to to hide their faces or to cry or feel somehow then he feels like he hasn't he hasn't hit the nail on the head so it's, it's actually just something i wanted to point out that a lot of times the best messages are the ones that touch you because in the long run you find out that if it touches a particular part of you it makes you um, reflect on that part and then probably get better and then it improves you um, it, it improves you generally wow that's, wow, the, wow. that's something I wanted to add yeah. thanks as in that's that's a very great point valid point um, and I think it's uh, it's aside listening I don't know if you guys have heard about him Apostle Arome Osai like ever since I found that guy on YouTube Oh my, I think I've watched over 70 of his messages. Like it's, it's like every time I listen to him, I'm just like, gosh, I'm not even scratching the surface because when you hear him preach, you hear someone who God has taken, oh my God, like he got sacrificed for God. Like, and you can tell from the revelation, from the wisdom, you can tell somebody who has been with God. You know, and whenever I hear him speak, I'm always convicted of something that I'm doing wrong. Just to um, add to what Daniel has said, you know, it's always like, I'm always like, I need to be doing more. Like, and I want to know God because a lot of us, we pray, God, I want to know you more. I want to understand. I want wisdom. All these things require something. They're going to require sacrifice on some level. You know, the deeper you go, the higher you want to go with God, the more you have to shared from your life like god is going to tell you to give something up for you to go higher like it's and it's, it's all over the bible like go 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 check it you know even his disciples they came they all died like he did they were all martyred except for john who they tried to kill and he just wouldn't die and they put him in the island of patmos to just uh, rot away you know but you know this like for them to, and, and I remember when Jesus Christ said, you guys are going to sit down with me in heaven, right? For them to get to that kind of level, it required them to sacrifice their lives. Look at what Paul went through. And that's why every time I read the Bible, I'm like, this Christianity that I'm reading in the Bible is different from the one that I'm seeing outside. You know, you see, you know, people who are just lavish, you know, like, I don't want to get into that, but I'm, I'm like... And just like what Daniel said, you know, if you go to church and everything you hear, you are clapping, you're like, yes, yes, yes. But it is not calling you to go deeper. It's not calling you to sacrifice. It's not calling you to, to change, 
to be transformed, to change from what you were doing to, to, to now doing what God is doing, then there's something wrong with the message. There's probably some false teaching um, 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 going, going on. You know, and, and obviously the whole church right now is, you know, we're all, um, you know, the LGBTQ, you know, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. Let's be sensitive. I mean, I, I was on YouTube the other day and I, and, you know, there was this video that, you know, they were asking prominent pastors, you know, about the LGBTQ, like what are their thoughts? What is the Bible? What is the Bible saying about it? And they couldn't give a direct answer. And Obviously, it has come to a, to a point where, you know, you are more interested in keeping people satisfied, keeping people happy with you, as opposed to challenging them to actually becoming um, like Christ. You know, so it's, 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 it's just a mess right now. But hopefully, I mean, that's why we decided to do this, because hopefully we can sort of set the record straight, clear the air, sort of clarify a few things to make people know that, this lifestyle that you're coming into, yes, it is awesome. Um, you get to experience life on a higher scale. It may not be what you are used to. You may not like it. But the one who created us knows that we will eventually like it. It's kind of like if you have kids, you know, when you tell them to do something, at the, at, at the time that you're telling them to do it, it may not sound like a very good idea. They will, they will rebel against it. They will cry, they will, they, will, they will be angry, but in the long run, they will be happy that you said it. And, and typical example, uh, I remember when I was younger, my, my, my dad would always be like, hey, this guy. Or he'll be telling my mom that you are spoiling these children, you are doing this. You know, we'll fail, we'll fail in school, my mom still will hide the reports. You know, or my mom still was very nonchalant as well, he has a, his role to play. You know, he won't ask for a report card, all these things. You know, so mom, she knew how to hide those things. She'd be like, I beg, do better next next year. So that, but because there was no um, retribution, there was no, you know, we knew that Pussy won't find out. Even if he finds out, Mom, she will know how to talk to him. Like, there was no, there was nothing challenging us to actually be better. No you know, huh? Consequence. There was no consequence, exactly. You know, but. It was later on that I was now like, man, I wish somebody had actually said something. I wish somebody had actually done something. You know, I, I started a company. I spent millions of naira on it. There's nothing to show for it because there was no accountability. My pops was not saying, how far? What have you done? How are you going to make money? He just, I was just playing on the sentiments. Man, dad, I want to start a company. I need like 30 million. Help me, da, 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 da. And just give me the money like that. Like, there was no, it, it, how can you give somebody that amount of money and you don't say, how are you going to pay me back? How are you going to... Like, you just gave me like that. And I spent the thing. You know. But it was later, I was not like, I wish somebody was there to say, as in, what are you doing? You know, keeping me accountable. You know, but it was later on. And that's the same way with with with, um, with church folk. Like, you know, I know with the LGBT thing, you know, everybody's like, oh, we have to be sensitive. Let, let's not be, be feeling judgmental. But, and I was telling OG this the other day, I'm like, when you go to the doctor, if you have cancer, go for bido. But if you have cancer, would, as in, however way the doctor tells you, are you not just happy that the guy told you that the thing is terminal and you, you have three months to live, but we have a cure. If we do X, Y, Z, then you'll be able to live. Like, why is it, oh, how you say it, what you say, blah, blah, blah. Like, these people are going to die. It's not just them, adulterers, you know, liars. Every, like all these things, like if, if, if you are trying to baby people into saying, oh, don't, don't do this or how, 
you know, let, let's say it in a way that they'll be able to receive it. Yo, if what you're saying would not prick them to change, because you cannot accept salvation unless you know that you are wrong, unless you know that you are, you are going to hell, unless you know that you are, you are dead, right? You cannot accept Jesus Christ. You cannot accept life unless you know that you are dead. So we need to know that, we need to let you know that you are about to die. Like, 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 so, so that you, you are, you are, what's the word? You are, you are quickened or you are, the urgency is there for you to actually do something, um, about it. Anybody, we're, we're, we're rounding up now. So if anybody wants to, um, add to that, please just blink your mic and, or if you're in this, if you're the audience and you want to come up on stage, please just, uh, raise your hand. I'll be happy to have you on. Oji, did you have something to add? There's even one verse that I was seeing the other day, like, uh, where is it? I think it's in Hebrews, where it says that if, if, um, if God doesn't discipline you, then it means that you are not his child. Hey, thank you. I just got it. Hebrews 12, um, verse 7 to 8. It says, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does, all, as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Like just like that is Bible, yo. <clears throat> like if you're a child, you are going to go through discipline like with God. There's no happy oh, I'm just going to everything's just going to go, you know, as, according to plan and all that. Like if you are his child, he's going to discipline you and discipline requires you sacrificing things you not getting everything that you want you know and god wants to give us everything it's not if you think of the garden of eden right the enemy tempted adam and eve with wisdom the bible says that when eve saw it she saw that the wisdom she saw the wisdom that it would give them so it was wisdom but guess what god was wisdom god already had wisdom right but what the enemy will try to do is that he will try to give you something good at the wrong time what God wants to do is give us something good at the right time when we are capable of actually um, um, managing what he's going to give us. If you think about it, like wisdom, they, they, were, they were like children because God just made them, they, they still had to develop in wisdom. But the enemy tempted them with the finished product, not with the process. What God wants to give us is the process to actually being able to manage the, the the real treasure that he wants to give us. If he wants to give you wisdom, you have to pass through fire to get it. If he wants to give you wealth, he needs to know that you are able to manage the wealth where, where you know that you are a steward of his, of, of his resources. If he tells you give this person one million, you are giving it to, to the person. If you tell somebody that the enemy has given one million, he doesn't realize the value of money. He doesn't know what money is for. He thinks money is just supposed to be for himself and to make him and his family happy. But that is not why God gave us resources. That's not why he's giving us resources. So in order for him to make sure that you are going to use this money properly, you have to go through a process. You know? Um, so yeah, as in, so whenever I, I hear of, you know, Christians who say, oh, this life is just good, I just think that they are very disobedient Christians. It's obvious that, you know, you are not, it's either they are dis disobedient Christians or they are baby Christians. 
baby christians don't really know what to do they are just you know the, the father is just giving them everything that they want same way you treat your child but the moment you've matured to a certain level and you're still saying that oh this it means that just, like god is speaking but you're not just obeying what he's saying because if you really obeyed god right he's going to tell you some things that you're not going to like to hear no yeah your mute is up do you want to say something Sorry, it's faint. Or can you maybe come closer to the to the mic? Oh yeah, are you there? Hello. Yeah. Okay, I can hear you now. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to say like um, there. I think there's another side to it that yeah, some people teach and you know leave out some truths, and then I think there's the other side where the truth is being taught or stuff like that and they understand it and but then it's like they want the shortcut like we can sometimes be like oh okay because we understand that it's difficult like it's not really an easy lifestyle to live it's like you want the end results but you don't want to go through the process and so it's almost like they're living a double life mm. because it's like you just you know you're not willing to make the sacrifices that are needed mm. because to have that transformation or that change, you actually need to let go of some things that the Holy Spirit will convict you of and some people don't want that. And also on the aspect of grace, like, um, I think nowadays the message, which even though I, I think some pastors are trying or some preachers are trying to balance it, uh, especially on social media, there is a whole, as, at least lately I've been seeing a whole movement of just grace, 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 which isn't bad, but then they don't bring the balance to it of the truth, mm. and, you mm-hmm. know, living right, and mm-hmm. all those other aspects, more like grace has covered in sin, that, that which is true, but then it's not really a permission to just stay in that um, old lifestyle. It's meant to be like a ticket to for transformation so called like the empowerment to aid you through your trans- uh, transformation and yeah absolutely i mean yeah that's 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 exactly what we've been talking about um <clears throat> it's like you know when you just hear grace 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 but there's no truth to balance it out then what you have is a false teaching what you have is a and it's funny like i think a few weeks ago we we touched on that how um a lot of people only see one side of God, but don't see the other side of him. And whenever you only focus on one side of God, the loving God and not the holy God, you you have an idol in your heart. <clears throat> and you have an idol that is not God. You have a different God in your heart. Right? And that that's exactly what you were saying. You were talking about, Nonye. Um, when, if you just hear of grace, but you don't hear truth, when you know of the God who who sacrificed himself for you, but you don't know about his ways and how he wants you to live now that you are in him, then you are going to see God as, and that's what we're seeing in the world right now, where people are like, oh, but the God I know wouldn't do this. The God I know wouldn't send his children to hell. He's not the one sending you to hell. He has already died for the world. If you don't choose to accept the finished works on the cross, then you you are the one sending yourself to hell. 
you know, but because of this false narrative where, oh, my God is so loving. Why would a loving father send his children to hell? Why would a loving father not give me X, Y, Z? It's because they've been sold one part of God and not the holistic part of God. You know, um, there's something else I wanted to say. I even think that, if I'm going to be honest, this cool thing that churches, like, for example, there are some churches that are known for being cool. I'm not going to mention their names. Um, actually, maybe I will. Um, there's Elevation, there's Transformation Church. You know, I don't even have a problem with that. You know, they, they, they make Christianity look good, you know, and all that. But I think the church, and this is how I see the church in, in when I read the Bible. It says that the church is like a body. It's like a body. Like every function, every part is playing a function, is playing a role. I don't have a problem if... New Christians come into these churches, but then these churches then say, at some point, you need to go to this other church, this other part of the body. So, say for example, you've entered through the eyes. Okay, the eyes will say you've entered, oh, this is what you're supposed to see, but now you need to go to the hand. When the hand is done, you need to go to the heart. When the heart is done, you need to go to the leg. You need to go to this part. Like, I think that is the... That is where Jesus Christ expects the church as a whole to operate. Where, okay, there are new believers or new believers go to this place. When you are done with this place, you need discipleship. You then go to this to this uh, church so that they, they focus on discipleship. Okay, from discipleship or ministry, using your gifts, using, you know, like, I think that is what Jesus Christ had in, in, in mind when he, he said the church is the body because we're different parts playing different roles. And I feel like we have churches who are for new believers trying to play the discipleship role and they are failing at it. You know, if your strength is to get new believers into the door, play to that, but also let them know that this is not the end of the journey. As you've come here, there's also the next part, going to discipleship. Once discipleship is done, okay, now that you've been discipled, now it's time to go into ministry. It's time to find your gifts. It's time to express your gifts and use your gifts um, as, as assets to the body of Christ. It is time for you to go to here. You know, like, function as one, but as different parts becoming one. I don't know, like, does that make sense? What, what, what are you getting? Like, I had this thought earlier in the week and I shared it with OJ and I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. But that is how I see, I think it was in Romans that it talks about everybody has a part to play. Romans 12, I believe. I'll check it out. But what do you guys think? Okay, Daniel, what's up? Yeah, I, know, I actually think that that's a very good idea. I wish it was possible. <laughs> I wish there was like some kind of guide that when you, when you just become a new Christian, you know, go to www.yahinecristian.com Mm. You know where you want to go for what you need because yeah, it is true because I feel like they are different Everybody has different gifts and One of the ideas of being a Christian is to be as well-rounded as possible mm -hmm. So if you need this at this particular point go to this ministry and get it mm. Exactly because yes. I mean we, we, I was gonna start with wisdom wisdom. It's actually a good idea. I wish it was possible. I would go back mm. Mm. Because, I mean, there, there are a lot of pastors who are... Because when you go on YouTube now, you see this person shouting, this person is a false preacher, this person is... And I'm like, I, like, I sort of empathize for them because I get... 
Someone like Joel Osteen now, everybody says he's just an encourager. He doesn't quote scriptures. He doesn't do this. Actually, I think Joel Osteen might be a bad example. Um, I actually, yeah. Because he doesn't quote scriptures, so I, I don't know. And I've seen a few interviews where he couldn't give a direct answer on certain things. So maybe he's, a, he's not the right example for this. But I've seen other, like Mike Todd, for example, Transformation Church. Like, I listen to him. Like, I, 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 I believe the guy is sound. I believe God is working through him. You know, but other people will see him and be like, he's not really balancing the message. He's not really doing this. But maybe that is not his role. Like, he's a hand. He cannot be a leg. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> he's a hand. He can't be a leg. But I think what they need to do as hands is to say, yo, go to the leg if you need this. But I think that whole idea of I want to keep everybody in my church because we are monetizing, we are getting this from them. We want to be known as this mega church who has 20,000 people. You know, they, are, they think these people are for them. They don't realize that they are just stewards of them. Like you should be able to, you should be free enough to say, you've you've run out your course in this church you need something else you need a different diet to be able to grow you into who you're supposed to be <clears throat> i feel like that's the, that's the starting point for every church for all these churches to agree and know within themselves that the fact is we are all just tools for god to use it's mm. not a matter of like if we can um what do you call it? if we can prioritize um, the christian life more than what I'm going to gain. It's going to go a very long way because in the long run, if we all, like you, like you said, if what we are more concerned about is how does this new Christian grow and become well-rounded, there will actually be no problem in saying, okay, you have gained this, you can go this. But like, you, like exactly what you said, everybody's looking for how they are going to, how they're going to come out and say that they are the, um, biggest church, you know, and all that. It's gonna take a lot for a day. Man, I, 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 even when the idea came, I was like, I think this is what it's supposed to be. But I'm like, when I now thought about it, how practical is it? Is it actually gonna be possible for it to happen? I was just like, man, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, and maybe even God knows. That's why it's like, this thing is not gonna be fixed until I come back a second time, you know, because we are just so polarized. We are just so different. There are some churches that believe one thing. I think it was Abel Damina I was listening to, and it's like the reason why the church is so is so um um what's the word is so fractioned is because we're not preaching what Jesus like we're not preaching Jesus like what every church will be preaching is Jesus, but we have some churches preaching prosperity, we have some churches preaching healing, we have some, like 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 we're supposed to preach one thing. If everybody was preaching the kingdom of God which is what Jesus Christ came. He said, go and preach the kingdom. He came everywhere. He was going, he was preaching the kingdom, the kingdom. And the kingdom is how God's kingdom operates. You know, this is how like God wants us to live. Like, but because people have just, it's just a mess right now. I, I don't know how we're going to be able to um, reconcile that. I guess we can do it ourselves. I mean, I have the, I, God gave me the idea. I think for me, if I ever going to start a church, I don't know if that is going to happen, but we have our ministry and, and even in our ministry, like we focus on singles, right? Preparing them for marriage. If a married person comes, we refer them to someone who specializes in marriages. We're not going to say, oh, because we too know about marriages, let's, let's get you in as well. No, we like, if someone is talking about marriage, if someone is talking about someone who's been divorced and wants to, we know people to, to refer them to. 
you know, we can't be the jack of all trades. God has called us to one thing. Let's focus on that one thing, you know, because that's what we're going to be judged on, you know. But, you know, people just want to do everything because of the lie that the enemy gives them that, oh, you'll be able to have more influence, you'll be able to have more money, um, ETC. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're coming to the end of this. Anybody else want to have any, any last words before we close the room? Yana, was that no, or were you just okay? Okay. Uh, I just want to say that. Oh, well, full connection. Can Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Yanda. Um, yeah, you're right. We all, we all teach in parts. We all prophesy in parts. I think that's why God has structured it in, in such a way that we are going to be in, interdependent. And that's what the church is supposed to be. You know, you know in parts, you know this place well. This one knows this place well. Um, but yeah, like you said, our personal work with God is the most critical. Like, I... I Every time I read my Bible myself, like there is just a, I feel like I'm growing. When I, when I listen to pastors or like, yes, I'm getting head knowledge. I'm getting what's, you know, I, I know things, but the thing that will really change me is when I study the word myself and I just stay on a verse. I'm reading the Bible and then one verse just pops out and I can't leave, you know, um, I think it happened the other day and we released a video on YouTube today in case you guys want to check it out. Um, I was listening to Pastor Kingsley he was talking to Williams Chamber and Banky W and Banky W just started praying at the end and he mentioned a verse that 
I have everybody knows it. In fact, you guys like Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And as soon as he said it, like something just leapt in my spirit. Like I'd never because obviously we all know the Proverbs uh, verse, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And then as I was praying, he, he mentioned this verse, and then the Holy Spirit showed me how to guard our heart. Because Proverbs says guard your heart, but not how to guard it. So you guys will know it. Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As in, And so the two verses just connected in my head. I just told my wife, I beg, pass my Bible, pass my Bible. And I just started meditating on it. And if peace is what guards your heart, what brings that peace? And it's there, like, instead of worrying, because worry comes to get your peace out of alignment. Instead of worrying, why don't you pray about it? And pray with understanding, knowing that the God you serve is bigger than any worry that you can have. Because a lot of the times, the problem isn't the problem. It is the way we see the problem that is the problem. So the moment you pray about it and you and you put it into God's, like you put the problem and compare it to how big God is, then the problem becomes small. He says, pray about everything. Then tell God what you need, which is where um, um, knowing what God, as in praying in accordance to God's will. Tell God what you need. And then... Thank him for all he has done. Like a lot of us, like OG and I, we just celebrated our birthdays this month, and that was what that's what the YouTube video is about. Is you know how do you deal with getting older? Because a lot of people, your your birthday that's supposed to be a day of celebration is now a day of pressure, a day of reminding you that you haven't achieved this, you haven't done that. But it's a way that the enemy comes to steal our joy because no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, there's always a reason to be thankful. There's always something that God has done. And if you are not thankful, you will not be thankful. You know, the only way to be thankful is when you can think, when you can sit down to think back to where you are coming from. You may not be where you are or where you want to be, but you are definitely not where you used to be. You know, so having that understanding, you know, and just thinking back to what God has done for you, how there are millions of people that have died this year, millions died with COVID, yet you are still alive to celebrate another birthday. Like, yes, you may not be married. Yes, you may not have uh, enough money in your account. Yes, you may not have the job you want. Yes, you may not have the, the, the title that you want or be where you're supposed to be, but there's always some, something to be thankful for. So as long as we are thankful, then we always have peace. And as long as we have peace, we're able to guard our hearts. So that's just an example of how, you know, one verse can literally change you. Because I turned 35 yesterday. Was it yesterday? Oh, two days ago. You know, and obviously I'm like 35. Oh my goodness. In five years, I'm going to be 40. <coughs> 10 years after that, I'm going to be 50. Like, where, like, where am I growing to? You know, and it, it, it almost caused a, a thing where I'm like, oh my God, I haven't achieved everything I'm supposed to achieve. You know, I know God has called me to do a lot in the kingdom. I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm still dealing with these 
God is still trying to discipline me with these little, little things, give up food. I'm like, for where God is taking me, food is not even, not like, is nothing. You know, so I'm like, ah, am, I, am I behind schedule? Am I this? Am I that? And then this verse just came in and it just gave me peace. You know, I'm just like, well, I'm not where I need to be, but God, I just thank you for where I am. Like where I was, I was dead for 27 years of my life dead spiritually dead i thought i was living in the right way and i was dead and it's been eight years since i surrendered my life to you and look at where i am in eight years you know so just thinking back to see what god where god brought me from to where i am right now it just i'm in peace like god is a great story writer i've trusted him to write my story and so there's nothing to worry about so uh that would be the last word we'll just say a quick prayer and uh we'll call it a day heavenly father we just thank you for today thank you for your word thank you for your word you know your word says that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to our simple minds i ask O lord as your word has come out light will begin to shine in the heart of everyone who is listening right now and in the and in the hearts of those who will listen later lord in the mighty name of jesus um we ask O lord that you begin to reveal yourself in a new way to everyone on this call that for everyone who thinks that this walk with you is, is, is a walk in the park, for everyone who, 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 who they don't know um, um, the, the life that you have rescued us from and you've rescued us to, I just ask, O oh Lord, that you begin to renew our minds, renew our minds so that we can begin to do your will, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. For everyone here who, through ignorance, has has allowed the enemy to steal, to kill, and to destroy things in their lives that, are not, that they are not even aware of. Father, we ask for restoration, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Your word says that when a thief is caught, he has to restore back sevenfold what he has stolen. We ask, O oh Lord, that as they begin to repent, as they begin to renew their mind, to accept your word and know what the, the pastors are saying and know what people are saying on the outside, when they get to understand what you are saying and what you're calling them to, that there will be a restoration into their lives, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. For people, oh Lord, who um, uh, feel like they have, they have lost opportunities, feeling like they are too old to do certain things. Maybe they're getting older and they're not married yet. Maybe they haven't achieved what, what, what they thought they would achieve. We ask, oh Lord, that you come and renew their minds and replace their goals with your goals. You know, not being a millionaire is not is not a, a blessing. Having the wisdom of God is the blessing that will create whatever things that need to be added to our lives. So, Father, we repent of any false goals, any personal goals that we have set that are not in alignment with your goals for our lives. We renew our minds today and we just ask that you replace our goals with your goals, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. You knew us before we were formed. So the fact that you knew us before you were formed, you already had goals and expectations for us. We ask, oh Lord, that you reveal those, those goals and expectations for us in our lives, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever form of deception that the enemy has placed in our lives to make us chase shadows, we rebuke the enemy, oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind him right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, as we go about our weekend uh, we commit next week into your hands. We just ask for a fresh revelation. Help renew our desire to know you more, Lord. If there's anything that we need to give up to go higher in you, to go deeper in you, Father, help us. It's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, just giving up one meal is hard. 
you know, but if there's anything that is stopping us from actually going higher in you, from receiving more wisdom from you, Lord Father, we ask, Lord, that you help us. Help us, strengthen us, strengthen us to, to be able to sacrifice these things so that we can get to know you more, so that we can begin to, to express higher levels of giftings and callings that you've called us to, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, guys, for joining in. Um, another Bible study in two weeks will be in Romans chapter 2 or 3. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, in two weeks, we'll be back. So thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care. So we're ending the room in three, two, one. Bye, guys.